Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Welcome, everyone. I'm Steve Clear. Thanks for joining us in another Next Level Brands Podcast. Our show is being brought to you today by the Next Level Brands CPG community. A merger of the experience of Next Level Marketing and the educational resources of Kitchen to Shelf, the Next Level Brands community brings together CPG entrepreneurs at all stages of growth, providing knowledge, training, courses, and networking, not only with fellow entrepreneurs, but also key partners in the industry, including packaging, finance, e-commerce. More details are available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's. Nextlevelbrands.com, what you need to know to grow. Well, hi, folks. Today, we have a great show for you. My guest is Najwa Khan. She is the founder of Dalsi, which is a line of gut-healthy brownies, which come in four different flavors, and may I add, are absolutely delicious. Like many of her fellow entrepreneurs, she started Dalsi after being unable to find gut-healthy snacks that could satisfy her craving for sweets. Najwa has over 10 years of experience in the health and wellness space, working in various roles for nonprofits, market research firms, healthcare technology startups, and... D2C wellness businesses. She also has a master's in public health. Welcome to the show, Najwa. Hi, Steve. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, I, I want to, uh, you, first of all, talk a little bit about a lot of your background in, in tech and in, and in health. Um, how did you make a transition from that to CPG entrepreneur? Yeah, and that's it. Good question. I ask myself that all the time, actually. Um, honestly, I, you said it in the intro, I was looking for a product at the time that I thought already should have existed. So I thought a brand like Dalsy should already be in existence, whether in Whole Foods or online. And, you know, in the space that I was in, I was really passionate about health. I, you know, thought the way to make a difference was to build technology that could either connect people or help them figure out their own either physical or mental well-being or oral health, I should say. Um, But really, at the crux of it, I was always passionate about food. However, I was one of uh, the many in America who faced a lot of health issues due to the food I was consuming. So whether that be something simple as stomach cramps or something as serious as PCOS. Um, So I had just decided to learn how to cook for myself um, the gut healthy way. Um, At the time, a few years ago, gut health was not uh, a phrase that people were familiar with. No one really understood how ingredients could really impact your microbiome, um, how your body digested certain proteins or um, certain types of enzymes. It was a very unknown kind of environment. I, I, I still think the actual science of it is unknown today, but it is becoming more predominant. Um, but long story short, I decided to kind of start baking my own sweets because I couldn't find a brand that did make sweets that felt indulgent. I wasn't looking for a diet. I know a lot of the times, you know, in our society, we look for a diet product, you know, whether that's for weight loss or fasting or, you know, just to, you know, decrease sugar. But in that kind of search, those packaged goods just didn't cut it out for me. I didn't want sugar alcohols. I didn't really care if the number was really low in carbs or calories. I wanted very nutrient dense ingredients. And I also wanted them to be natural and sweetened uh, with a low GI sweetener. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I was pretty shocked uh, when I walked through the aisles of Whole Foods or looked online that I couldn't find something that existed. And 
Uh, one day I just started baking for myself um, <laughs> because I had a really busy career. I didn't have time to, you know, meal prep or, or be Betty Crocker and bake every week. Uh, so I, I just, I, I got frustrated and I thought there has to be something easier. And uh, one day I decided, you know what, maybe I could do it. Maybe there's others out there in America that could, that want an indulgent dessert, not a substitute, not a diet dessert, but something that's just made well with really good gut healthy ingredients that they can eat. Um, and in 2019, pre-pandemic, um, I thought maybe I should start looking into this. Um, but it wasn't <laughs> until 2020 that I got brave enough where I actually decided to go at it full time um, and see if people wanted to buy the Dalsy brownies. In the midst of the pandemic, you missed, you made this decision. I mean, yes. this is right, right. Um, so it's it's interesting to me always because of the of the shows that I do, there are many of you who as founders were either trying to solve their kind of own personal diet, you know, um, situation, or sometimes a, a heightened medical situation. So um, yeah, I've had a, a guest on who, who started Aunt Fanny's household cleaners because mm-hmm. um, of an ad- adverse reaction to everything that was in normal cleaners, but the stuff with food and, you know, okay, gluten-free got it. You know, we're going down this, this road whatever. I would love to get all you guys in a room for a show one day to talk about, you know, okay, you all were enthusiastic. There's thousands of people with you like those challenges, but you decided to make the stuff. And then what's more critical, um, Nashua is when did you go from the making it for you to making it for other people? What was that transition? It was when um, it was when I realized that I didn't just want to do a hobby. I didn't want to just eat, you know, keep these brownies to myself or this lifestyle to myself. Um, and I honestly felt a real true passion. And this probably comes from my public health background. I thought uh, in 2020, I had this radical idea. You know, there's a pandemic. The world is <laughs> at topsy-turvy. Also, we're home. I'm not going to lie. We're home. Right. Uh, and I, I just had a lot of time on my hands. And maybe after a few glasses, maybe a whole bottle of wine, I just uh, one night decided, no, I really, I want to take this chance. And I want to see if I could build a brand that didn't exist before. I know the product itself that we started is gut healthy brownies, but I really do um, see Dalsy as a, is more than a CPG product, more than a brownie. I see us as a brand that can really educate. And that brownie slash education piece really drove me one day to say, I'm going to, I'm going to self-invest in myself. I'm going to self-invest in Dalsy and I'm going to see where it goes. Um, when I first made that transition, did I think I would be sitting where I am today, right now, a year later? Not necessarily. No, I, I, I'm very um, realistic in my goals. Uh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I, I did think that there would be an opportunity for me to meet others like myself through this. I did think there would be an opportunity for me to learn more about the food industry, and I did think I can make a difference if enough people knew about Dulcy and indulgent foods and, you know, create a movement where we don't have to be afraid of sugar, but understand sugar, understand carbs and understand that like we're human beings. We want to celebrate with the sweets sometimes. So that <laughs> really motivated me or it could have been the wine. I it could be either part. Somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I, 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 I hear you about those making those, those kind of decisions. So, but you had started right making them for yourself in your own kitchen. Um, did you then 
try stuff on family and friends or were people over and said, Hey, can I try that? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, um, when I was making this, like just for myself, like meal prepping, um, my husband constantly ate the brownies, um, which was really frustrating. Then my friends started eating it. Then, um, you know, people would come over asking for them. And that's when I was like, Oh, maybe I could just do a quick focus group. Um, as a product manager in the past in tech, I'm really used to <laughs> testing things. So um, I actually threw a park party one day um, in Hoboken, um, Pier 13. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's, it's sure. Similar to, yeah. So we, we sat down. Uh, this was pre-pandemic. Um, sat down. And uh, I just said, hey, do you guys want to try these brownies? And they, there was a bunch of people who uh, started rating them, giving them scores, telling me about the textures, <laughs> what they thought. And <laughs> my favorite part was I snuck in real brownies, real as in like, no alternatives. Right, and right. They preferred, they preferred the Dalsy. And when that happened, I was like, oh, I think I have something here. <laughs> so you, you have the, the brand management background. Did you, did you do, tell the truth now, did you do a business plan? And what kind of business plan did you do if you did? Huh. Okay. So yes and no. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, at, when I first started this, no, there was no business plan. I wasn't sure how I was going to approach any of this because it all kind of came about step by step. Like the focus group was one step. The, the next step was, huh, I wonder if, you know, a food scientist is out there who can see if my recipe makes sense. Then the next step was, huh, I wonder if there's a kitchen that I can make this in to sell this. It, it kind of just kept happening. And then right. eventually once I started where it was just a very small scale where we were just selling in our community in Hoboken, that's when I was like, I need a business plan. This, this needs some thought into it. And that's when I really sat down and really thought to myself, like, how do I want to approach this business? Do I want to do D to C? Cause that's what I'm comfortable with. Do I want to, you know, understand the behemoth that's retail. Um, and obviously I chose <laughs> D to C cause I'm more comfortable with it, but it kind of worked out because everyone was home and, and, you know, for the pandemic. Right. And it was available, but don't, don't worry. Retail is probably coming. So, um, but D, but D2C, so uh, confronted with that and, 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 and local, obviously in hyper local, maybe in your case, but so what was the step of, did you go look for, or did you know people who built websites or the e-commerce platform, Amazon? How did, how did you go about doing that? Um, I was really lucky. I had a great network in tech. So I called my friends, um, I, you know, I, I also am really familiar with, you know, putting together simple, and I'll say simple <laughs> HTML or, you know, just simple, <laughs> simple yeah. website development. So, you know, I scrapped something together using Shopify, um, which is a great service for small businesses, I have to say. Um, and I, you know, I had colleagues, I had friends who I could call upon that helped me engineer and helped me do design, helped me understand how to, you know, lay the groundwork for the actual, you know, social marketing um, and our pages. And even though it was such small scale, that groundwork, I have to say, I'm so happy I did because it really, um, it's what shaped our brand today and how we grew into what we're using. Um, the website you see today, a year later, is the website we built. So it's, it's gone the distance. Okay, excellent. Yeah. All right. And what is the website, by the way, Nash? Let us know. It's www.dalcy.com. And Dalcy is D-A-L-C-I, right? Yes, D-A-L-C-I. So you can, uh, you can visit and find some stuff and, and order some stuff. Um, 
the the amazing thing to me was when um i got you know my my first samples i i think um we're both involved in startup cpg and mm-hmm. um you know in in one of the pitches or i forget what the exploration thing was but at any rate somehow i ended up with a box with samples in it and uh you know and, and dulcie was there and i i tried it and i just went wow this is really good. Really good. I went to my wife and I said, honey, you got to try these. And they're good for you, by the way, before you take a taste, right? Um, so it, it was pretty, you know, pretty astounding because it didn't, I did not honestly expect that out of the product given um, given the positioning. I mean, you know, oh, it's healthy. It's gut healthy. It's this, it's that. Oh, my God, it can't taste good, right? Um, <laughs> but but it, it wrong. It, it it tastes great, and um, and also by the way, kudos. Um, we, we we don't do uh, visuals here, but if people could see the, I, I love your packaging design too. I think it's kudos to whoever Thank did you. that. Thank um, you. Actually, that was me and a lovely designer named Amir from Croatia. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> but very clean, very nice, and you Thank know, you. it it, it uh, looks much better. So, um, so when you decide that again, you're going to commit, it's D two C. There's this whole thing that we talk about. Uh, called the back end uh, fulfillment. Yeah. How how did you set up to handle that in midst of pandemic? Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. We, you know, I I reached out to a lot of CPG founders, um, of which I did not know personally. I I took a chance. Um, I looked for people that you know I admired what products they were doing. Um, I admired um, that they started something um, either during the pandemic or right before. Yep. And I have to say, I was. So, so surprised, pleasantly surprised at how wonderful this space is. Um, the majority of people I reached out to actually responded back to me. And um, whether it was a quick 30 minute call or it ended up being a relationship I still have now till this day, it was um, in that guidance that I learned a lot. I learned a lot about, you know, we're doing perishable products. I learned a lot about how, you know, that's difficult with the co-packer right away. I learned a lot about, you know, just making sure that I get the right supply chain in place. Um, the <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, right now that I'm doing it, it, it makes more sense. But at the time, that knowledge, it was as if I had a mini crash course in CPG, um, just from those dialogues. And it, it's it's true that the, um, I mean, the shorter shelf life. Uh, the more pressure there is to to make things work, you know. So yeah. it, it, that's that's really tough. And I think one of the the harder transitions for founders is we all kind of start out in what we think is the food and beverage business. We very quickly transition to the logistics supply chain business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and right. And 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 now you know. And when you go from and, well. There's a, two levels of complexity. The first level of complexity is scaling, right? Obviously, yeah. as you you have to push your you have co-manufacture or you have to invest in your own equipment or whatever. There's that aspect. On D2C, there's this idea that you know in normal consumer packaged goods that don't have a direct consumer component, you know they have, they have a customer service department that deals with retailers or deals with customer complaints or whatever else, but they don't have a relationship or subscriptions or whatever with you know their people that they need to maintain. So that that's a pretty high level of, of, you know, of involvement and stuff too. That's very different between D2C and retail. Yes, very much so. Um, did you, from the website and stuff, did you, you know, did you begin to get feedback pretty immediately with people and, and how did you drive through social? how did you drive discovery? 
Yeah. So um, because of that complexity, we always stayed away from retail. One, we didn't know it. We were an unknown brand. But with D2C, um, yes, right away from the get-go. I still remember the first customer's name. I, I won't say it here, but um, <laughs> I, I had emails. I collected emails. Um, I drove people to sign up for our newsletter. Um, and the way I did that was by providing um, really uh, you know, educational components and pieces in our social about gut health, about food. Um, it wasn't about selling a product. Um, actually, actually, our early Instagram was all factoids. It wasn't like, here's a brownie, eat it. <laughs> um, we do yeah. now share more about our brownies because we love our packaging and style. But um, we, I did surveys. I reached out to people. And I actually made our first customers a, a part of our, our Dulce um, community kind of taste group, where now I still go to those very same people to ask questions. Like, hey, what do you think of this flavor? Um, and even today, uh, from the group of individuals who said yes to getting emailed, um, we'll send surveys all the time to say, you know, what do you think of these changes? You know, what, what are you looking for? Why did you buy Dalsy? Do you care about gut health? And it's really amazing um, to see the responses and to see why people, you know, are, are interested in eating our brownies. And, and part of that too, Najwa, isn't it also the, the, I mean, you build up a brand loyalty, but there's also this idea of the better for particularly better for you products and maybe to a certain extent organic or, you know, vegan or whatever the other choice things are. Um, it, it really runs a, um, a large gamut of population. Um, it's not neatly put into demographics or zip codes or income or whatever. It really, you know, really across the board. A, a wide array of people have an interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, with with Dalsy, when we first started, we had a hypothesis that because we were making a premium product and it was about gut health, that we actually couldn't market to the masses. We we had a hypothesis that we had to find individuals who had stomach issues, who could understand this without much education. Um, that was a good hypothesis. Until um, this day you know, our highest converting customers. And the reason why I know all this data is because it's from our D2C website, which is great. You get to get all that information. Collect that, yeah. Um, and collect that, yeah. And it's it's customers where they get it. They're like, oh, finally, I understand this. I understand what you mean by gut health. I understand why you use certain ingredients. And I understand why, you know, you're not adding collagen or, or other fillers or whatnot to call it gut healthy. Um, whereas mass health consumers, on the other hand, and um, they want to be healthy. However, they're looking for familiar buzzwords. So when they come upon Dalsy, they're a little bit, honestly, they're a little bit confused at first because they're like, wait, this is clean. It's supposed to be delicious. But like, do I lose weight? <laughs> do I? Do I? Uh, do I get collagen? Do I like, does my skin glow? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's just a brownie. You're meant to enjoy it. Um, but then once they do taste the brownies, you're right. People are really pleasantly surprised at how, how decadent it is. I don't think people um, today, and maybe this is my hypothesis, I could be wrong, but I don't think consumers today put indulgent and healthy together very often. No, I don't think so. I think you're right. But I think your, your point about, you know, the, the, the folks that particularly early adopters and stuff, um, the, the, your initial persona, whoever it was that you put together, you know, um, assuming that you did, um, you know, again, that begins to really stretch out after a while, which is good because you, you, know, you want that. 
Um, and then on social media, what did you, I mean, you were doing factoids, you're doing a lot of stuff. Who are you, did you kind of transition from educational to entertaining or have you just kind of stuck with the educational? No, we're doing a mix now where we're doing um, educational, entertaining, um, and also um, doing a lot of polls. Like we're asking, we're asking people on social questions, um, whether it's about gut health or about like food and or brownies or whatnot, or their shopping experience. Um, and we're just trying to build more of a, a fun, a fun kind of social media where people can escape, but also learn something if they wanted to. Right. Yeah. And they combine those, combine those together. Mm-hmm. What does Dulcie stand for? So um, Dulcie is actually um, a wordplay. Uh, when I was younger, I, um, I used to say the, the Bengali word for cinnamon incorrectly. So it's Dulcini. And I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> sure. I, I, so I used to just say Dulcie and no one corrected me in my household. Um, they knew what you were talking about. So it's okay. I, actually, no, it's, it's funny. Like my dad makes these uh, Bengali sweets, halwa. And he uses uh, what I say, Dulcie still all the time, um, cinnamon. And my parents and my family just started calling cinnamon Dulcie. So no one corrected me. And, uh, and when I was trying to think of a name for Dulcie, um, I, I wasn't sure what to name it because I kept thinking like, you know, I want it to be something close to my heart, close to sort of the history um, that I feel when it comes to food. Sure. And my mom actually on the phone was like, should call it Dulcie because cinnamon is used for sweets and it just that's where it took off from I I looked it up it didn't have a trademark the website was available I was like this is fate so that's it. This is <laughs> this is be. It. yeah uh-huh. so uh, in in the growth um Najwa what's what do, what do you think was the biggest challenge you had to overcome the biggest challenge honestly had to be with production um and the supply chain uh, initially, because with perishable products, it's it's hard to pre-prep for the demand. You have to produce while the demand occurs. Right. And then at the same time, if you underestimate uh, how much the demand will be, then the I don't I wouldn't then have the right ingredient amounts. I wouldn't then have the right team um, of bakers. Um, so that. That still is a challenge, don't get me wrong, but in the beginning, we had a harder time um, assessing what those projections would look like, like who was going to order, were we going to get an order? Um, so it's a, it's a very fine line, and um, we are self-producing still because, because we do want to keep the integrity of the product. Um, and, you know, now, nowadays when, when people order, you know, we're able to give them a, a fresh batch and, uh, it comes right out of our facility and we were prepared for that. Um, it is, will that still be a challenge as we grow? Definitely. But I do think my hope is, this is my hope that the industry is moving towards more perishable items and more and more of the CPG partners and vendors are open to, um, allowing brands like us to grow and providing the services we need like cold storage and, and whatnot. And, the, and that's been a, that's been a, yeah, a, a, a major challenge because so many of the new products um, that are out there are, are perishable. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we all know that the space at retail, for instance, the space is um, very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're shipping direct to consumer, it's very expensive. Um, and, and, and all those things combined, but, but clearly, um, you know, when, when Perfect Bar, I think, started out with their, their bars refrigerated to stores, 
they were dealing with the dairy buyer because yeah. that, that's who controlled the space was the milk and cheese people. Not <laughs> say, what is this? <laughs> it's a bar. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> it's like, you know, right? Um, yeah. I, I need some more smoked gouda. But um, but that is that's a huge a huge deal in in, in um, getting the food out there. And Najla, let me ask you because I've forgotten now. Are you able to to uh, freeze to ship or no? Oh, so um, our our brownies are great in that they can they can be shipped ambient. Um, and then once they okay. get to the consumer, we recommend that they freeze them if they want to have a longer shelf life. But if they refrigerate them, they can still enjoy them within two months. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Mine didn't last that long. So you had the first iteration. We've made a lot of improvements. To the Sensei. Yeah. The, the, the strange thing is I think of, of, of all the groups, obviously dry, um, you know, dry materials that have a long shelf life, uh, pretty, pretty easy. Uh, frozen next. I mean, if, 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 frozen to preparation, what I mean, right? So you take it home and you you take it out of the freezer and you cook it. Uh, that's fairly easy because long shelf life as long as temperature. But anything that's, you know, refrigerated or anything that has a shorter shelf life is just a huge challenge to to keep going in the in in the system. And um kudos to your production folks in the sense that it almost sounds like we're baking on demand. So <laughs> yeah. Not easy. No, it's not easy, but it also, I think that that drives us right now. We're a young team and it's motivating us to continue to, you know, pr produce. If people want our brownies, we're happy. It's when they don't want our brownies that we're going to be sad. Yeah, exactly. Not to worry. Yeah. Too, too many orders is not the, uh, is, is not the. Problem. Yeah. Do, do you try to, oh, obviously you have to batch your production to a certain extent, but do you, do you focus on, um, you know, certain days of the week or, or certain time, or how, how do you deal with that because of the fluctuations in D2C? So um, we, you know, we, we have a system in place right now that that's working um, where, you know, we have our big days our, and, and packaging and then fulfillment days are the right, the next day, right after. So it's been working quite well. Um, and if we have a really large order, um, like a massive one, then we pre-prep um, during our non-D2C days um, and we just bulk bulk make. And uh, we are lucky in that our facility has uh, cold storage. So we have the perfect uh, for, like, you know, freezer temperatures where we can go in and store for a day or two before we ship out with the freight. So, so far it's been working out. Um, will there be a challenge as demand grows? For sure. But I mean, we're, I mean, the team and myself are, are thinking around that, you know, every day we're thinking about how to get have those challenges because they are good challenges and kind of overcome them uh what's nice is that we are in the first refrigerated product thank you perfect bar so more and more retailers are understanding and uh there are other vendors now that are opening themselves up to perishable products so you know we'll see we'll see where where dalcy goes and if we want to continue to self-produce or if we find the right partner for it but right now our team's able to really manage um, the demand from D2C and the small amount of retail that we're testing out right now, um, you know, within our facility. Yeah, there's a, there's a, I, I think a certain amount of, um, well, be, besides just a matter of control and quality control, but um, I, I was speaking with um, uh, the founder of uh, Oats overnight, and he has continued to build the business, expanding his production. And he goes, you know, I've looked at co-packers, co-manufacturers a number of times. And he goes, it's just 
too many limitations. He said that I know, I know it, you know, and I know it'd be more efficient. I know I can do this or whatever, but the ability to be able to turn stuff around fairly quickly, maintain the high quality mm-hmm. and really understand, you know, what's going on with the product is, uh, you know, it, it makes it worthwhile, you know, for that sense. Um, you alluded a little bit to it earlier, but um, without getting into any, you know, top secrets or anything, but kind of what's, what's down the line for Dalsy. Ooh, we got some exciting stuff that we're working on. Um, so we are going to add additional brownie skews in, in 2022. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> very excited about that. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've shared already my background being half Moroccan, half Bengali and Indian. Um, there are a lot of, you know, uh, childhood desserts and sweets that I grew up with that I would like to introduce those flavors in a brownie format. Um, to consumers, um, you know, that that's a passion project of mine. Like, how do I bring additional gut healthy ingredients and flavors to the fold? And and that's another piece that we're working on. You you, you must be uh, really excited. The fact that that figs have become the new kale. Right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's they're they're having their moment. They're having, right. their moment. you know, thousands and thousands of years. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa. These are cool. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, it's kind of like with turmeric, like, uh, you know, no one oh, yeah. has it. And now it's like, oh, hey, turmeric. Whereas in my household, you know, my mom would be like, uh, it's a staple. <laughs> like, we've known about this. <laughs> it's in a big jar, not in one of those little tiny jars. Like, Oh, no, no. Massive jar, yeah. Yeah, and they'll, and they'll, well, and, and then with the unfortunate, you know, circumstances in, in the Middle East, of course, saffron is, um, you know, I, I think almost, what, 90% of saffron comes from Afghanistan. And, yeah, you know, and, and so if you got to substitute a little bit, turmeric's a great substitute for saffron. So, oh, definitely. I mean, um, I'm lucky in that I always get um, from my grandma in Morocco, like spices shipped. Um, I don't know if that's allowed, but it gets through customs. So I think there, it's allowed. <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, the difference that it makes when you get like just real fresh spices, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And stuff that from, you know, growing in the traditional manner and, and on the traditional plants and all that, it's very, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's how I know about that. I get Schumach same way, um, you know, from um, Lebanon and it's just amazing. So we used to grow Schumach actually on our, not grew, I can say, sorry. It was a weed tree on our farm in upstate New York. Very and, nice. <laughs> and we were told as kids growing up that it was poisonous. And, you know, the red, the beautiful red berries, right, on the blooms and stuff, Schumach, it's just amazing. And, yeah, we were told it was poisonous. Don't don't ever go near it. And, you know, but but that's okay because they were told tomatoes were poisonous years ago, too. (laughs) And you know what? It works out. But, I mean, that's that's what I'm excited for, for Dalsy. I'm excited for bringing um, those different cultural elements that mean a lot to me. And, And obviously, a lot of people in America um, uh, who would want those flavors and I, and merging that into like a, a very simple, easy to understand brownie dessert, uh, I feel like is, would be very exciting to see that. Very good. Yeah. So, so your husband was your first taste tester. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how you grew your team, kind of who you added and why? Yeah. The, um, the first ever team, like the, the employees that I wanted to bring, um, to Dalsy and I knew were really important were bakers, um, but not just any bakers. I wanted gut, like gut healthy or healthy focused bakers yeah. who understood how to bake gluten-free, who understood how to bake with these um, unique ingredients that a lot of bakers, um, you know, traditional bakers wouldn't use. 
And that was my hardest and longest search to find, you know, individuals that were passionate enough to want to come and, and really help us improve our recipes, but also produce for us and then figure out the supply chain with me. Um, but I'm glad that that was the first hire because, you know, that that's really where you want to lay the, like a good foundation, um, a great one for growing and scaling. So those were the first hires. Um, and then immediately after that, I brought on somebody to help me with our marketing and content. Right, right. To get, get it out there. Yeah. Yep. Um, important. That's, that, that's good. Yeah, because it's um, because of different founders coming from different backgrounds. Um, some, some people are very comfortable with the actual production. And some folks really aren't. They would really rather have people working on it that know a little bit more about what they're doing. Not mm-hmm. that they can't cook or bake, but they want to know. Um, and, and then some people are very comfortable with the financial side and the numbers. And with other people, that's like the first thing they want to hire is a bookkeeper. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, get a bookkeeper. And, and sometimes the founder is also the best salesperson. So I think you do a really great job of selling your product, but a lot of founders, they, 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 they really don't like that. They really would rather have somebody else <laughs> and they would be yeah. in the kitchen or, or doing production. So, you know, that, that yeah. works out. Um, so, so you have the website. Are you, are you on, also on Amazon and, and other platforms or no? Um, so we actually are going to go live in Amazon um, this, this quarter. Um, yes. We're building that out. I'm very excited to be offering that to everybody. Um, and then um, as terms of other, other like apps, we're also on Fast AF. Um, they are in New York, Miami, San Francisco, LA. Um, and they're, they're a growing app. Um, it's like you can get a Dulcie Brownie in under two hours, kind of like a seamless. Um, and then uh, what we're really excited about is this year we're working with um, a sales team, Beyond Brands. They're great. And we are um, expanding our reach in retail, um, starting with the New York City area um, and hopefully growing into the Northeast. Hey, there you go. Right. Yeah. Okay. So think Wegmans. <laughs> I love Wegmans. I went to Syracuse University. So if uh-huh. Wegmans wants to hold Dulcie, I'm here. If they're listening. <laughs> it's, 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 that's really great. Yeah. See, I grew up in Geneva. So I was just up the, just up the throughway from Syracuse. I uh, loved it. I, I mean, that's where I, that's where I went to hang out. I mean, Wegmans is amazing. Oh yeah. And, you know, and born in uh, Canandaigua, New York, and that's an Indian name, Canandaigua. Um, so it was always tough, but that was the county seat actually of Ontario County where our farm was. Yep. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Beautiful, um, beautiful part of the country. As I always tell my wife, you know, because mm-hmm. I take her to visit in the summer, it's a beautiful part of the country, four months out of the year. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then we have winter. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm glad I did my winters there for four years because it made me stronger. It made me, it made me handle this, whatever we call winter here <laughs> in Jersey. When you talk to people in the, in the West and in the South and you talk about lake effect snow, and they think of a lake as like something, you know, you just take a boat and you go across, right? Uh, no, no, these are lakes you can't see the other side of. And, <laughs> and the wind comes out of Canada, picks up all the moisture and dumps it immediately on the land when it hits. So a lot of fun. But, but it's hey, a lot that, of fun, beautiful, you know. That's great. I know. Dude, going to do that. So, uh, folks, if you want more uh, information and you want to order for sure, 
Just uh, it's uh, dalci.com and that's D-A-L-C-I, simple.com. Should work. Well, I really, really appreciate uh, you appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, Najwa, and uh, to catch up on what's been going on. Um, as you may know, the segment of the program that uh, we try to put people on the spot a little bit um, is given your journey. What kind of advice in, uh, in a word or a couple words or a phrase would you feel important to share with your fellow entrepreneurs out there? Sure. Um, I'd say you don't have to be an expert to start. Okay. Yeah. You can come from some other field. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you don't. Don't. Yeah, don't be afraid. Um, you know, if you're smart, if you're hungry to learn, you'll figure it out. You know, just don't don't let that be an excuse not to begin, I would say. That, that's yeah. And that's really good advice. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, we'll, thank you. We'll be talking to you and catching up after after you make that uh, big retail move in uh, in New York. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. And thanks to all the rest of you for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast part of the Next Level Brand CPG community. If you have a growing firm in food, beverage, or health and wellness, you should be part of the Next Level Brands community. Education, resources, workshops, founder coaching, and networking. More information available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's. Nextlevelbrands.com, what you need to know to grow. This is Steve Clear, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at Next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.